0: my series of podcasts designed to help aspiring teachers take those fearful first steps with courage and determination. My name's Andrea, I've been working in the Teflon industry for many years in various roles including head of studies, director of studies, teacher trainer and as a freelance teacher. If you're feeling nervous about starting out as a new teacher, you're not the only one. So many people are taking those fearful first steps after gaining their certificate. But you don't have anything to worry about. Here you're going to receive tips, tricks and useful tactics that will set you up for success as you start your new venture. During this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to my podcast series, giving you an insight into what you can expect from the interviews I do, and I'll be sharing my very own experiences with you, including my top three tips on building a good reputation as a teacher. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be sharing this series with you. Welcome and thank you for listening and signing up to my series. So why have I decided to record this series, specifically focusing on new teachers who are coming into the TEFL industry to teach English as a foreign language? Well, mostly because the roles I've had have given me so many opportunities to interact with teachers and help them improve and define their skills as a teacher. I've been involved in the delivery of a TEFL course, have met some really excited and enthusiastic people who are just starting out on their venture, who are always looking for extra support and advice from those in the know. And of course, just as importantly, I have been a new teacher myself. As I know all the fears myself and taking those fearful first steps, I wish I had access to more information when I was starting out. So that's the reason why I want to share my experience and the experiences of others, just to give you that supportive helping hand that I so wish I had when I first started teaching. What will you gain by listening to my podcast series? You're going to receive some excellent advice from some very experienced people. You're going to get to know why they came to be teaching and what they've learned during their journey. And this is going to be invaluable for you. You're really going to get some insights and some top tips, which are really going to help you settle into your new job as a teacher. The types of topics we're going to be talking about are things like interview tips, so what you can expect when you go to an interview, and what you should be prepared for, and how best to come across in an interview. You're going to get some recommendations about what you should concentrate on in your first year, or even up to your first two years of teaching so that you don't feel overwhelmed by all the things that are going on around you. And you'll get to hear from heads of studies working for large and important academies. They'll be sharing their experiences, good and bad, and giving some great information about what you can expect from working with an academy. So I'd like to kick off by telling you a little bit about myself now, just to give you a feel of where I'm coming from and the experiences that I've had and and why I feel I'm a good person to be able to help you with your own experiences and your challenges and your first steps in teaching English as a foreign language. So nine years ago, I decided to leave England. I decided to leave my job and my flats, my family and my friends. I, I just packed my bags and moved with just two suitcases to madrid i had absolutely no idea what i was going to do all i knew is that i wanted to live in madrid and experience this culture and this life and and effectively just change my life i had no idea at the time either that teaching english would be the tool that i would use in order for me to be able to stay start this new life and and enjoy my life here in madrid So when I arrived in Spain, in Madrid itself, I decided to take three months off and just go traveling around the country, enjoy the experience and learn some Spanish along the way. I was in a fortunate position to be able to do that. I was open to seeing where the experience would take me. And while I was traveling and I was speaking to people, getting to know other expats living in Spain, It really became apparent that teaching English as a foreign language was going to be the thing that would help me stay in Madrid. At this time I didn't know any Spanish. So getting an equivalent job of what I was doing in the UK and Spain was just an impossible task. So I had to be open to do something different. And so basically I did my TESOL course and straight after that I started working teaching English in Madrid. And another reason that I chose teaching of all the things that maybe I could have done in Madrid is because it felt like a really nice transition from my job in the UK, where I worked as a business coach and management and leadership trainer in training and development. So everything I did there was really about helping people teaching, training, developing others to, to be a better version of themselves. Yes, things were different in terms of the topics I were training, but it didn't really matter because I was able to align these skills with my newfounded TEFL teaching skills. I've always been passionate about developing others, and teaching English is all about helping others be more confident and using English in their lives. So I started off teaching, working for a few academies, teaching general and business English. I was doing some hours here and there, working directly with some organizations, teaching groups, teaching one-to-ones, and I spent my first academic year doing that, just getting to know the teaching experience, getting to know different people and the culture, and and generally just enjoying life in Madrid. After that, I decided to go freelance, work as a freelance teacher. In hindsight, it was probably a bit of a mad idea to do so early on in, in teaching, but In the end, it did me well, and I worked as a freelance teacher for around five, five and a half years. That really gave me lots of flexibility to do what I wanted to do. And during those years, I actually built up a really good reputation as someone who could deliver fun and diverse classes, deliver workshops for large and important organizations, and would always work at an extremely professional level to deliver quality classes. I was able to bring my professional experience from the UK into my teaching work in Madrid, which was always welcomed by the academy's clients and students. I'm going to talk to you a little bit after this about my three top tips for building a good reputation as a teacher. These three things I've done myself and have been extremely successful for me. And finally, after my stint as a freelance teacher, I wanted to add more value and move more into teacher training, management roles, into an academy environment. And so I started working in an office environment with different academies and and companies related to the TEFL industry. I've worked in teacher training. I've been involved with delivery and organisation of TEFL course. I've been involved in working in franchises, making sure the businesses are are running well, organising teachers and their schedules, writing and organising academic programmes. All of these roles I've taken on during the years have helped me grow as a person and broaden my knowledge and experience of English and of the teaching English industry. What an amazing experience it's been. Now that I'm saying it, I'm reflecting on it, and it really has been a wonderful experience. I feel so lucky to have got to this place, but I tell you, it hasn't been easy. It's been a lot of hard work. But I'm so happy that I can be here now to pass on some useful information Uh, to you newbies. I'm happy that I can interview some really great people that I've met along the way that can also give you some really awesome advice. I wouldn't be surprised if many of you listening have also decided to change your lives and move to another country. So many of the people I met when I was director of studies for the TEFL course were youngsters who were just starting out after university, looking for the excitement of starting something different, taking the gap year out to learn about a different culture. And there were lots of people like myself who were looking to change careers and just start a new adventure. Everybody has a story. And that was a little bit about mine. But what I want to share with you now are my three top tips for building a reputation as a good teacher. I'm not talking here about being the best at grammar, having the most dynamic online images and classes or games in the classroom. I'm really focusing here on the softer skills. I promise you that one very good way to continuously get offered work in teaching is to ensure that your reputation precedes you. Of course, all of this takes time and as a new teacher, you're just starting out. But I want to share this with you now because I think it's important to start now. Okay, so let's get cracking. My number one tip. Do what you say you're going to do. Well, that just sounds so simple, right? If you're going to say to a head of studies that you'll commit to a class, then commit to it. Don't cancel the class after a couple of weeks because you think you've had a better offer. Don't cancel the class because you don't like the student. Commit to it. This is going to be a really big thing that's going to help you with your reputation and make sure that you get offered work continuously. If you've made a commitment to something, stick with it. If you say you're dropped by the office to drop off some paperwork, do it. If you say you're going to pop someone an email just to confirm something, or send a student some feedback, do it. If you can actually make promises and and follow through with them, that is really going to build your reputation. It's something that I truly, truly believe in, that it's important to be able to agree to do things and then do them. It just sounds so simple, I know, really but you just would not believe the amount of people that don't do these things. And maybe you're listening and thinking, oh, eek, that's me for sure. I'm not very good at following through with my promises. Well, I tell you now, that is not going to go down well for many people. So try now to start disciplining yourself and make a big effort. As I said, make a big effort, offer to do things, um, offer to get in contact with someone, offer to help someone and then do it. And you'll see very quickly how people will look to you for advice and for help and for feedback because they'll know that you're somebody that's responsible and um, reliable and that's going to make a really big difference to you. Tip number two, make a huge effort to build relationships with those who you work for and with and with your students. So whether that's a head of studies, director of studies, a client, a peer, and of course with your students, it's important to take time to build a relationship with them. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about getting to know them, getting to know them, not on like a really, really personal level. I'm not talking about that kind of relationship, but, and I'm sure that that does happen uh, in some circumstances, but what I am talking about is um, getting to know your students or your clients or your your head of studies, so that you can have some decent communication with them. You can, over time, build up some knowledge about them, find out about them. You'll understand their passions. You'll understand their expectations. These things are going to um, help improve your relationship in the long term as well. I'm not talking here either about um, talking a lot to people. I'm just talking about when you pop into the office or when you're in the the school uh, teacher's room that you're having you have some sort of communication with people and you have some sort of rapport with people. Again, it may sound so simple, but I know it's not, and not everybody is uh, as extrovert as I am. But it doesn't mean that you have to be an extrovert. It just means that you have to take some time to ask questions, to listen, show genuine interest in what you're actually being told. So take a real interesting people, listen to what they're telling you, and then the next time you see them, mention that again. Go back to say, oh, how was your mother? Or I remember you saying you were going away for the weekend. How was it? These tiny little things are really good. And they make people feel that you're genuinely interested in them as a person. And tip number three. Be professional at all times. What what do I mean by this? What am I including in this? A couple of things. One, be on time. Always. No exceptions. I can tell you categorically that you will lose offers of work if you're not on time. If you're not on time for classes, you're not on time for interviews or you don't arrive to a meeting, perhaps, that you've scheduled. So do be on time. Make that a priority. Make sure you know how to get to places, where you've got to go, how long it's going to take. And if you're not sure about those things, then ask. Just ask the people that you're arranging with, how long will it take me to get from A to B? Um, How do I get there? Um, And if you think that you might arrive late, then just say so. Just say to them, look, Um, I'm coming from this place, I'm not sure, I think it's going to take me about 40 minutes, but it all depends on the traffic on the metro, so please bear with me. Um, If I'm going to be really late, uh, I'll give you a call. As long as you're kind of upfront with that information, I think people are much more understanding. But if you just genuinely are arriving late to meetings and interviews, not going to look good. I will say that though, there'll probably be zero tolerance uh, about arriving to classes late most places will not accept that and um, maybe once but as a regular occurrence absolutely not do take that into account and especially if you're moving to a new city and um, like i did when i came to madrid you have no idea how far places are or how long it will take you to get somewhere obviously we've got gps now google maps stick it in google maps the address where are, where you're going from and Bob's your uncle, you'll have, uh, you know, your route. I used to walk everywhere. That was my, in fact, I still do. So if I can walk somewhere in 30 minutes, I'd walk it because I knew that that would be a safer bet to get somewhere. Google Maps would tell me it would take me approximately 30 minutes to walk. Might add an extra five or 10 minutes on just to be sure. And then I know that I'm on time every time. Um, I know it's a very British thing um, to be on time, Not everybody's good at it but I genuinely would say that uh, it's really part of creating a strong reputation for yourself so that you get offered work in the future. And the second part of being professional at all times is about speaking positively. I'm talking about speaking positively about yourself, speaking positively about others around you, positively about your students about the school or the academy that you work for and speaking positively about the situations and the things that happen to you you might find yourself sometimes wanting to say something negative about something or someone i'm not saying life is full of roses um because it isn't but it really isn't a very good idea to speak badly about anybody or anything in this job believe me it's a really small world in teaching. Even in a big city like Madrid, time and time again, after years, you bump into different people. You bump into people that you've worked with previously, or you think you're not going to work for a a school anymore, but suddenly you're back there, or the same for an in-company class, or you've bumped into a student again. If you speak badly of people, that kind of information will stay with you. And it will stay as part of your reputation. So the reverse is speak very positively about your experiences. And that will help your reputation precede you as well. And that's it. So in summary, my three top tips are do what you say you're going to do. Build relationships with the people you work for and with. And be professional, which includes on time and speaking positively. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I'm looking forward to you listening to the other interviews and the other podcasts that I've been doing in this series. If you're interested in a particular topic, why not let me know? Just pop me an email. My email address is adelusig at gmail.com. That's A-D-E-L-U-S for sugar, I-G at gmail.com. Let me know your feedback. I'd love to hear how you think the podcasts are going. Wishing you a good day and we'll speak soon.